Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad to have you joining me. And uh, we're preparing for a brand new year. And uh, here we are again, once again, at the end of a year, looking forward to 2024. Well, today, as we wrap up the week of broadcasting, I want to spend the last couple days talking about the virgin birth. And uh, I want to explain to you why the virgin birth is so important. You know, if you work for the same company for a long time, it's no doubt that you're going to work under a number of different managers. And one of the things I've noticed as uh, serving a long term as a chaplain at a prison is that uh, wardens come and go, and I've been under several different wardens, but it's always shocking. When a new manager comes in or a new warden comes in, a new boss is in town, and they do things completely different. However, if the manager is good, the changes will probably be for the better. When I think about the birth of Christ, it's completely different than what we'd expect. He comes as a king, but not in a typical fashion. His death on the cross is a different means to display his kingship. Instead of having his servants die for him, Christ dies for his servants. And so when we look at this, and we look at the model of kingship, it's exactly what we need. When we think about the Christmas season and we focus on the virgin birth, I want to share four facts about the virgin birth with you today and tomorrow. Number one, there is a mystery to it. We don't understand it all. We take some of it by faith. There is a mystery to how the Lord allowed Mary to give birth as a virgin. Second, there's a message in it. And what is the Lord trying to speak to us about through the message of the virgin birth? Number three, It was a magnificent event. It didn't just impact those who were alive at that time. It has impacted subsequent generations. And then lastly, uh, the miracle of the virgin birth is nothing short of a miracle. It is indeed a miracle. Now, when we think about regular birth, and I don't mean to say this in a manner to insult anybody, but birth is really not that miraculous, physical birth. I mean, we kind of know what happens We know the process. We know how long it takes. We know that, uh, for example, at 44 days, the fetus has become something that you can recognize. At nine weeks, it is really looking like a little human being. At 25 to 28 days, the heart begins to beat, and it is magnificent. It's developing cells, about 1 million cells per second. At 32 days, the arms and the hands are developing. Within five weeks, you can start to see the heart's ventricles, and it's amazing. A week after that five weeks to six week, you can see that the heart is actually becoming very mature. At 52 days, the nose and the fingers are beginning to develop. By the time that the fetus is full term, by the time the baby is full term, it has 60,000 miles of vessels inside its body. It is just unbelievable. Now, you only see about one mile of vessels, but the other 59,999 miles of vessels, they're quietly working, bringing nutrition to the baby and then disposing of the waste. It's just amazing when you think about it, but it's predictable. We know what happens. The sperm connects with the egg, and as a result of that coming together, it begins the process of life. And once that process has started, 
It's pretty typical what's going to happen. It happens thousands and thousands of times every single day. But when we look at the virgin birth, there is a mystery to it. Isaiah 7.14 says, The Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. His name was going to be Jesus, but his title was going to be Emmanuel. So Jesus is not named Emmanuel. He is named Jesus. He is named Christ as his title. He's also given the title of Emmanuel, which means God with us. Well, let's read the story uh, in Luke chapter 1 of how this all begins to take place. Luke 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin that was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, Joseph was descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Don't you love how that greeting begins? You are highly favored, Mary. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary was greatly troubled at his words, and she was wondering what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid. And now I'm so glad that the angel said that. Whenever God has a major announcement to make, it's often accompanied by angels. And we discover here at the beginning of the message, it says, Hey, Mary, don't be afraid. Uh, you have found favor with God. Because most understand when an angel shows up, that may or may not be good news. Oftentimes, angels bring about judgment. But here we discover that Mary has found favor with the Lord. The angel continues and says, You will conceive and give birth to a son. You're going to call him Jesus. He will be great. He's going to be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Well, how's this going to be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit is going to come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born with you will be called the Son of God. Now, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. Verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Now, this is pretty powerful when you think about it. The virgin birth of Christ, the mystery of that virgin. In Matthew's account, it says, The virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now, I want you to know something. Satan hates the truth of the virgin birth. Why does he hate it so much? Because it proves both the divinity and the humanity of Jesus. You know, Jesus was not the Son of God because he was born a virgin. He was born of a virgin because he was the Son of God. He didn't start becoming the Son of God when he took on the form of a human. He always has been, always will be God in person. Now, I can imagine if your 15-year-old or 16-year-old daughter came up to you one day and says, Hey, Dad, I'm expecting a baby, but I'm still a virgin. You would probably not believe her. And that would be completely rational, right? 
you'd probably sit down with her and say, honey, um, it's not possible for you to be expecting a baby without having a relationship with a man, with another person. And maybe you'd sit down with her and say, well, maybe because she's so young, she doesn't understand the birds and the bees, and maybe she's not making a connection as to what has happened with her and her boyfriend uh, at this time. And so uh, you're wanting to explain this to her, and you wanted to be as rational as you possibly can, but you would say it's just not possible for you to be expecting a baby without a man. Satan hates this truth of the virgin birth. There is a mystery to it. You know, as I was putting this message together, there's a lot of unusual births. I was trying to figure out who was the mother who gave birth at the oldest age, and she lived and the babies lived, or the child lived, and I found a woman who gave birth at age 70. Unbelievable. There was another lady who gave birth to twins at age 73 through in vitro fertilization. Now, unfortunately, that particular woman didn't have a birth certificate, so they could not establish the age of her, but they knew she was old, but they didn't know exactly how old she was. So according to the Guinness Book of Records, the oldest mother on the planet is a Spanish woman born in 1940, and December 29th in 2006, in a hospital in Barcelona, she gave birth to twin boys. With the help of a cesarean section, she gave birth. Unbelievable when you think about it. 70-year-old woman giving birth. She figured, well, her mom lived to be 101 years old, so even though she was 70, she thought she would be living long enough to see her daughter rise and graduate from high school and get married and all that. Uh, and so, amazing, right? The most unusual birth is not birth in an old age. The most unusual birth is that of Jesus Christ. Because of the amount of prophecies that were fulfilled surrounding his coming, Micah, the Old Testament prophet, predicted he would be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5.2. Even Hosea predicted his birth, and he said that he would be called out of Egypt. Well, I can give you prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. There are eight major prophecies that predict that Jesus was going to be born And half of those talk about him being born of a virgin. Now, the odds of one person just fulfilling one of these eight prophecies that was given about Jesus is one in a thousand and seven, just one. But the odds of one person meeting all eight of these predictions and prophecies is astronomical. Now, there is a mystery to the virgin birth. But I want you to know, there's a mystery to a lot of things that we believe. We believe that God created the heavens and the earth. And in six days, what we see is what God created. There's a mystery to that. There is a thing that we don't completely understand about that, but we live by faith. There's a lot of things that we accept by faith. You know, as I sat down in this chair that I'm sitting in, now I didn't pick up the chair, look under it and to see how it was put together, to see if it would hold my weight. I just sat down. I knew that the chair was designed in such a way that it would hold my weight. I didn't have to check it out. I took it by faith. You know, when I think about the all the laws that God has given us, we don't understand all those laws, but yet we believe in them. I don't understand all of the laws involved with electricity, but it doesn't stop me from flipping on a light switch and enjoying the light. I don't understand how my HVA system works. 
I don't know how we can take cold air and turn it hot and take hot air and turn it cold. There's a little bit of a mystery to that, but I still enjoy the benefit of my heat pump, right? It's true with all the laws that God has given us. I don't understand all the laws of aviation, but it doesn't stop me from getting into an airplane and uh, saving a whole lot of time flying from point A to point B. There are certain laws that we watch them over and over again that we know they are true. We know the laws of gravity are true. And uh, if I drop an apple from a 12-story building, that apple is going to fall. Unless some other law uh, supersedes the law of gravity, it's going to happen 100 times. When I do it, it's going to drop 100 times. When it comes to this amazing birth, if God can create the heavens and the earth out of nothing, if God can take the dust of the earth and create Adam, I believe that he can do the same in bringing his son into the world. He can create Mary, who knew no man, to conceive and give birth. We believe it by faith. There is a mystery to it. But if you can trust God to hold the planets in place, if you can trust God to provide oxygen for us to continue to believe, why can't you trust him to do this miracle of the virgin birth? When Jesus was here on the earth, he did miracle after miracle after miracle. He placed his hands on the blind and they were able to see him. He uh, was able to help the lame walk again. He even rose the dead from the grave, Lazarus. And he does amazing things when he's here on this earth. If he can do those miracles, it's not too far of a stretch to believe that he was born of a virgin. Now, this doctrine is cardinal, the doctrine of the virgin birth, because if Jesus was not born of a virgin, he could not be God, because his sin nature is passed from the male to the female. We're all born in sin because of that sinful nature. From birth, we are sinful. When you think about why we get into sin, there's there's really two reasons why we constantly are enslaved to our sin. One is because it's who we are. David said, in iniquity did my mother conceive me. We are born in sin. But we also have this will to sin. You know, when you think about it, you can't go too long without sinning. We try not to sin, but we have that nature. So we choose to sin. So when we look at the virgin birth of Christ, Jesus came, was born in the most unusual way because he was God in flesh. He was 100% God, 100% man. Here's the second thing that we look at when we look at the virgin birth of Mary. There's a mystery to the virgin birth of Christ. Number two, the message of the virgin birth. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. And I reckon I would be too, right? But the angel said to them, there it is again, don't be afraid. Just as the angel said to Mary, don't be afraid, and going to say the same thing to Joseph, now the angels are saying it to the shepherds, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. This will be a sign, says Matthew. Isaiah said the same thing. The Lord will give you a sign. But it's interesting. The Barner Research Group found that 37% of Americans 
said that the birth of Jesus Christ has little to do with the meaning of Christmas. The birth of Christ has little to do with the meaning of Christmas? There wouldn't be a Christmas without Jesus. We wouldn't be celebrating without what he has done. So God gave us a sign. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, there shall be a sign, that is a token. There will be a monument, or there's going to be evidence, evidence that Jesus is God, part of that evidence. Isaiah says that he would be born of a virgin. That's the sign that God is giving us. Now, when we look deeper into Isaiah 7, we discover there's much more to Isaiah 7 than maybe we originally realized. When Isaiah gave his prophecy that a virgin was going to be giving birth, there's another major event that is happening in Isaiah 7. The event is happening during Pekah's rule. Pekah was a king, and during his rule, uh, he wanted to bring hope to God's people. When King Pekah and King Rezin of Aram marched against King Ahaz, the king of Judah, the Lord sent the prophet Isaiah to bring comfort to Ahaz and to bring comfort to his people. And he says, listen, I know you're feeling fearful, right? Because you feel like these enemies are going to overthrow you. But he says, it's not going to take place. It's not going to happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus. And the head of Damascus is Rezin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shaken to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria. The head of Samaria is Ramallah's son. Now, if you do not stand firm in your faith, if you do not stand, you will fall. Now, that was just a summary of Isaiah 7, 7 through 9, where the king of Ahaz is receiving this prophecy. So in this prophecy, Pekah is referred to as Remaliah's son. Now, don't lose the story here in the weeds, okay? The Lord also offered Ahaz a sign. And even though Ahaz refused on the grounds that he didn't want to test the Lord, right? I think he was putting on a false humility here. I said, no, 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 I don't want a sign. Uh, And Isaiah says, God will give you a sign. And King Ahaz says, listen, I don't want a sign. God moved Isaiah to give this famous prophecy. Isaiah 7, 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, and he will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid to waste. A dual prophecy here. God was going to protect his people. Before the Messiah was going to be born, God was going to protect King Ahaz. And their enemies, the two kings that were coming against them, their land was going to lay in waste, but God was going to protect the king of Judah. God was going to protect Judah because that is the lineage of which Christ was going to be born. And as a result of that, not only is that prophecy fulfilled, but also the prophecy of the Lord giving a sign that the virgin will conceive. So not only did God promise that King Pekah and King Rezin would not prevail, but he also spoke about how his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Israel's long-awaited king, would come. Ahaz saw the sign of the child's birth. 
but the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy awaited the birth of Jesus Christ himself, who was born of a virgin, grew up, died on the cross, and rose again, all to save his people from their sin. What a powerful testimony we see here. The message of the virgin birth. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. When I think about the beautiful name of Jesus, the name Jesus denotes his mission, God of salvation. Yeshua, the Hebrew name meaning Joshua, means that God has a mission to save people from their sin. You see, forgiveness is our greatest need. In Luke chapter 23, Jesus said, as he's on the cross, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then they parted his raiments and they cast lots. Mankind's greatest need became Jesus Christ's greatest mission and greatest accomplishment. You see, many people do not see the need for a Savior because they fail to recognize the reality of sin in their lives. Jesus says they don't know what they do. You see, God has been saving sinners at the top of his list, and he sent Jesus on a rescue mission. The virgin birth is necessary to save us from our sins. If Jesus was not born of a virgin, he could not have been the Son of God, and he could not save us from our sins. Well, we learned today, there is a mystery to the virgin birth. There is a message behind the virgin birth, but there is something very magnificent about the virgin birth. Something very unusual happens. In Luke chapter 1, we're introduced to a new character, a guy by the name of Simeon. And it says that Simeon took him, referring to Jesus, took Jesus in his arms, and he started praising God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. You see, Simeon was a temple servant. He devoted his entire life to serving God in the temple. God made him a promise and said, you know, Simeon, you have been so faithful in serving me all these years. You have been looking for the coming of the Messiah. I tell you what's going to happen, Simeon. You're going to live long enough. You're going to live long enough to see the Messiah. You're going to bless the Messiah. And when you have seen the Messiah, then you will depart. Simeon saw that come true. You see, the birth of Jesus really kind of ruined Joseph's reputation. I mean, he could have put Mary away, and, and even those who were brothers and sisters of, of Jesus never really believed he was the Messiah. They didn't believe in him until after his resurrection. Joseph could have had Mary killed for adultery. Leviticus chapter 20, verse number 10 is very clear that baby could have been killed, but God in his sovereignty protects Joseph. You know, as we look at the, the new year, 
I pray that you experience God's forgiveness and God's peace. Would you join me tomorrow as we continue to look at this subject of the signs of Christmas? And then we're also going to be talking about the character of who God is. Before we close out this broadcast, if you are interested in a career opportunity, the Hickridge Academy is looking for people who love children, uh, who love the Lord, and, uh, and, and maybe love babies and love preschoolers and love uh, kindergarten children. Uh, we're always looking for great staff. If you are interested in a position, would you give me a call at 252-267-2365? I'll put you in contact with the right people. If you feel more comfortable, you can shoot me a text. Uh, just give me your name and, and, uh, and I'll call you back. 252-267-2365 if you're interested in a position at Hickory Ridge Academy. Thank you so much for joining me today on this broadcast. So tomorrow we're going to be talking about the last part of the virgin birth of Christ. And then we're going to talk about eight characteristics of God himself. So I hope that you join me for the broadcast tomorrow. Now that number, if you have a prayer request or if you're interested in employment, 252-267-2365. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless you and happy new year to you and your family. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.